face it, online and app dating can be extremely daunting, it's exhausting, and quite honestly, it can be really frustrating. I mean, you're scrolling through hundreds of profiles, and you finally find maybe somebody that looks kind of special to you, who captures your eye, but that's like a slot machine. You're, you know, you suddenly just stop at that one picture that captivates you amongst the blur of faces. And it's only then that you start reading the profile, if that, to see if there's someone you would actually consider IMing or texting and then eventually seeing. And you may even have a string of bad interview-like dates, does it sound familiar, leaving you with the feeling there are just no good men or women out there. In fact, eating a tub of ice cream in front of your TV each night is probably more appealing at that point. And then you get this bad taste in your mouth about dating. I was talking with a client the other day, and this was exactly what was happening to her. And this is somebody I had worked with, gosh, I want to say two years ago, and she was doing really, really well. And she had gotten into a relationship, and it was great. And then unfortunately, it didn't work out for many reasons. And so she wanted to get back out there. Well, when I reconnected with her, I asked her how she was doing. She's like, you know, I mean, great in some ways, in other ways, ugh, not so good. I said, what's going on? She said, well, okay, so I got out of this relationship and I really needed to date. So I went on Bumble and I've been dating up a storm. And so that's the good news. So I've been, you know, really getting out there and I'm getting really good at dating. I said, that's fantastic. So what's wrong? She said, well, I'm just not connecting with anybody. And when we kind of dug deeper what was happening, and I find this to be true with a lot of people right now, especially if that's all they're doing is the app or online dating, is that she was numbing out, literally numbing out in what I call like almost this kind of detached dating that she was doing. And so all of her dates became this Q&A session. And, you know, it was almost like she was just kind of swiping to the next date, literally. So when she was on the date, she was almost already thinking about the next swipe, the next date. So she wasn't present. She wasn't really connecting. And so, you know, there's various things that go on with online and virtual dating. And here's the thing. I mean, dating online can be amazing. It's, it's a great way to get out there, to meet people, actually connect with people you would never have met out in the real world. So it doesn't have to be this kind of numbing out negative thing. But and this is what I always tell people, you really have to kind of round out your dating portfolio, right? And just use online dating or app dating in a smart way. And in today's busy world, it's, you know, it's really important to do things that are efficient and effective. And that's what online dating can be about. It's just, but here's the thing. It's just one way of meeting somebody and the rest is up to you. And so with me on the line, I, I can't think of a better person to bring on to talk about this stuff. She is truly 
a veteran, and she's one of my dear friends, so obviously really excited to have her on. She's America's top online dating expert and digital matchmaker, and she was the early adopter of internet dating. She's been helping singles and love online for 24 years, and Oh my God, she's all over the place. Every time I turn on the TV, I think I see her. She's on ABC, CBS, CNN, NBC. She's all over the magazines like Cosmopolitan, Elle, Glamour. And she is the author of the bestseller. I love her book, The Perils of Cyber Dating, Confessions of a Hopeful Romantic Looking for Love Online. And she ranks as the most influential person in social media. So welcome, Julie Spira. Hi, Julie. Hi, Kim. Thank you for having me. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> oh my God, I know, right? But that's you. That is, I mean, I, it's always funny, like when you hear your bio being played back, isn't it? <laughs> like, it, it really is. But the fact is, is that it's so exciting. And, and I heard what you were talking about earlier about your client. And it's mm-hmm. something that I call online dating fatigue. And it almost yeah. seems to me like she was dating like a guy, like guys were dating and then they were swiping on the date, like you know, every time the totally. woman went to the ladies room. And suddenly it's like she was acting the way that men have all these years. So it's very interesting how women are starting to date differently. They're being proactive. They're making the first move and, you know, they're not tolerating, you know, bad one and done dates and they're swiping left pretty quickly. It's so true. And you know, what's so funny about what you said is she even said that she said those words. She said, I feel like I'm a guy. Like I'm just suddenly swiping all over the place. I'm kind of detached from my emotions and connecting. But so honestly, like this is a problem, not just with, you know, men or women. I mean, this is across the board. So, well, before we get into it, and I know a little bit, obviously, because I know you personally, but I, I don't even remember how you got started. Like from the very beginning. What, what's your story? Oh, the very beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Once upon a time. Uh, <laughs> in a land far, far away. In the land before it became digital, before the days of Facebook and before the days of an iPhone, there was um, computer dating. And what computer dating was, was we were dating uh, dial-up internet in chat rooms and chatting with people like sometimes you would chat with people for travel and different verticals and the dating vertical um, was where I hung my little hat and it was uh, called love at AOL Um, and it was chat rooms from AOL where honestly you had to pay by minute to have an internet connection in those days oh my god that's talking (laughs) When that, that noise that happened where it was like, yeah. doo, 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 like it would like, in order to connect. With right. We are so spoiled now because of like our connection isn't super fast and we can't get free Wi-Fi everywhere. We throw a little fit. But yeah. in those days we paid per minute. So most people that were dating online were spending about $200 a month on trying to, everybody screams they want free, they want free, but we were spending about $200 a month to chat because you paid by the minute for, again, this very, very slow connection with the squeaky modem. And so that's what I did because I was a technology executive. I embraced dating online when I became single in 1994 and I embraced it with a vengeance because I was so busy as a CEO who traveled. I mean, I was an executive who traveled all the time that this became really efficient for me. I would set up dates on the road and I'd come home and I'd have people to go out and date with. So that was my beginning. And then I chronicled my stories because they became so 
um, funny, ridiculous, sad, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you know, bad date after bad date, good one here and there. He made some friends along the way, found people who pretended to be single, who were married. All of the above happened in that analog world. And so I started chronicling my stories, yet I knew that it, there was no critical mass yet. It was not accepted to say you were in a chat room meeting, meeting men. It sounded like right. you were either desperate or <laughs> you had some kind of issues. Oh my God. That's so wild. No, I did not know that what you just said. That's really, well, so like, what was your experience when you started dating online yourself? Like you said you had chronicles and stories. Like, do you have a funny story? <laughs> so sure. many funny stories. I mean, they're all in the book, the perils of cyber dating, but some uh, of them are, re- I mean, some of them are just, you know, real lessons learned because I wrote the book, you know, as a sort of a cathartic healing you know, experiment for me, but I also wrote it for the women out there because Mm -hmm. I knew that they would be able to relate to these stories and they're funny and, you know, they're sort of, they're red flags everywhere. I mean, there was one story where a guy um, got crazy on a date because I looked like his um, recently deceased wife. Oh and, my God. And so, you know, he got up in the middle of Rose Cafe, and I know you know where that is, Kim. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he says, you look like my dead wife. And I went, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss. What are you supposed to say? I mean, what do you do at that what point? I'm sorry for your loss. No, <laughs> no, you look like my dead wife. And he got up and he started yelling in the restaurant, I looked like his dead wife. And he took out a picture of her and showed it to me. And she looked like a thinner version of me. And he was right. I looked like his previous wife. But he, I tried to console him. And eventually, I just had to leave. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, what about like, okay, so obviously you kept doing this and I know it's in your book. So, you know, everybody's got to pick up that book. I'm sure there's funny stories. How did you get good at it? Like what were some things that happened? I got too good at it was the problem. I mean, I started, next thing you know, I had, you know, several marriage proposals. <laughs> and I wasn't really ready to collect rings. And so what happened was I really took my marketing hat and my technology background and my desire for love. And I just sort of found this recipe on how to create an irresistible online dating profile. So my girlfriends were getting jealous, like, how are you meeting these great guys? Because I really, there were great guys out there then, there are great guys out there now. And so I started writing profiles on the side for my friends and on on J-Date, because they were already launched. Match.com hadn't been launched yet, but matchmaker.com was launched. Mm. And then eventually on Match.com and eHarmony and all the other sites. And then it got to the point when the book was was released that it became full-time because there was just there were just so many people out there that were just aching to find their, at this point, I call it their one in 50 million. Right, right. Okay, so what were some of the things that you, like the tips that you gave to other people to build this irresistible profile? I know everybody wants to hear this. <laughs> I think the most important thing about your irresistible profile is it's not a magazine that gets printed and put on the shelf or tossed in the trash when you're done, rent, you know, when you're done reading it. An ah. irresistible profile is live. It's like Facebook. It's like Instagram. You change your photos. You talk about what you're doing in the present time. It used to be you went on a photo shoot, you put up these amazing glamour shots, and then you just left them there for three to five years. And then of course, men would meet you and you've gained a little weight and then they'd start complaining that you don't look like your photos. So what Mm -hmm. was irresistible in the analog days and what was irresistible for mobile dating 
is completely different than what is irresistible today to track your dream date on mobile mm -hmm. apps and on the desktop versions of your favorite dating site. And I think the most important part is to keep it moving and to change your text quite frequently. I mean, yeah. if, you're, if you're excited about going to a great concert this summer, um, write down what show you're going to see. I'm going to see Jeff Lynne's ELO. I'm so excited about seeing Electric Light Orchestra. So that's going to be in my profile. And someone else who happens to like that band or like live concerts is going to notice that and say, ah, we've got music in common. Uh, I love that. And you know what? I teach that too. And obviously, you know, what I do is the pictures are so important. And I think that goes along with what you're saying, because I find that people get stuck thinking that it's a permanent thing. And I know so many women who have prevented themselves from putting up a profile because they're so perfectionistic and getting it perfect and a hundred percent right. Like, cause I think what you said, they're treating it like a magazine because when it goes up and unveils, that's their perfect profile. But the truth is, is that it should be fluid and ongoing and up to date. And just, and the pictures, especially, I always tell women, you know, put up like three or four of your best pictures and you have to have a body shot. You have to have a head shot and then maybe another shot, but they all have to put you in the best light and market you in a way that is the best version of you because you are only good as your worst picture. I always say that. So I always say like you have to do experimentation. And I think that's what you're saying too. Like you have to see what people respond to. What, what is really getting people? And I really love the fact like certain sites like match.com will show you how many people liked a particular photo. So if you have five yes. to seven photos up there and you take a look at your profile, which you should log on every day if you're single, by the way, and don't get lazy about it. And if you log on, you, chances are you'll show up more frequently in a search, mm -hmm. but you can look and you can see of your five to seven photos which one has received the most likes. And unless you're wearing a bikini, which please don't, um, <laughs> that'll always well, get that'll the most attract likes. something different. Unless you want that, ladies, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, that will get the most likes, but in the, for the wrong reason. Right. Um, then, then move your photos around. I agree with you. You are as good as the best, is your worst version of your best photo. And every photo needs to look great. So I am so... Um, against people posting selfies or just not having great oh, lighting or trying to get artsy or wearing the sunglasses because, you know, you're at a, a baseball game. Oh my I'm God. Great, great what what about the, the duck face? The duck right. face that kills me. <laughs> so there's so many things, there's more things that we say don't do than what you should do. But if it's working, your inbox is going to get filled with messages and you're going to start dating and look at it as a great experience of meeting potential friends, a potential business person. And oh, by the way, you might get lucky and you might click and fall in love. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it really is almost like treating it like your business. You know, if you are trying to, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're doing a ton of different things with your marketing efforts and your website, you got to see what people are responding to. It's no different. So, all right, that is an awesome tip. So it's not a magazine. You got to change it up and really pay attention to your profile and pictures and keep it up to date. What's the second one? I think the most important thing is for, for the profile. If you're on a mobile app yeah, and, and you have an opportunity to have six photos, which most of them give you six little slots, um, it's real estate and it's usually mm -hmm. free real estate. And so if you're marketing your house, you know, you're not going to want to 
to uh, omit showing the kitchen, you know, you're not gonna show the outside of the house. So, so there are a lot of people that say, oh, well, I only, have, I only have two good photos. Well, you know what, grab a friend and have them snap some photos of you out and about and get some natural shots and fill up all of the real estate. And that means if there's six photos, you need to have the first one has to be a close-up where you're smiling, you know, sunglasses again, mm -hmm. looking into the camera, looking so confident that people are going to go, who's that girl? You're going to be that girl. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so true. Oh my God. I was working with this woman and I, you know, I do photo shoots with people to get their pictures, but I agree with you. Like, I think there is, should be a mix of natural. Well, I looked at her current profile before we took the pictures and actually the thumbnail, like the first thing that guys saw was pretty cute. Like she was in a dress and she was standing in front of a red Corvette, which obviously was an eye catcher for a man. Right. And she looked really sweet and also kind of sexy. And then I'm thumbing through and I realized she's 20 pictures and each one was getting worse and worse and worse. And the one that we ended on was her holding a bowling ball with these huge jeans on and her hair in a ponytail with no makeup and frowning, just holding the, the bowling ball. I said, what is this? <laughs> she's having a date. She's having a date with a bowling ball. It was the date with a bowling ball. And, and this is a mis common mistake that a lot of people think. They're like, well, I want guys to see my lifestyle, that I'm into various activities. I said, that's great if you look great holding the bowling ball. It's not great if you don't look good holding that bowling ball. And again, it goes back to you're only good as your worst picture. So yeah, fill up the real estate ladies and gentlemen, but not with, you know, the bad pictures, only with the ones that market you in the best version of you. And then the sites that you're on, mm -hmm. use five to seven. That's my magic number, five to seven five photos. To seven. Mm -hmm. And some sites allow you to caption your photos and a match allows you to caption your photos. And if you can't caption your photos, you know, you can write something like guess who's in, <laughs> guess who's in photo number six. If you get yourself, I do this. If you get yourself a photo with somebody famous or something like that, you know, post a photo and just say, hey, Bonus points if you can guess who's in shot number six. And, you know, everybody wants, like, to answer a question. Oh, they don't want to be the oh, loser who can't figure out who that is. That's cute. I like that. Okay, but how do you feel? Because I know I have my philosophy. How do you feel about photos with a lot of people in it? I hate them. And yeah, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you why I don't like the photos, because I work with men and with women. And the biggest problem that men say to me is, you know, one, I don't know which girl I'm going to going out on a date with. Exactly. And oh. two, is she a real party girl? Because, you know, I'm looking for somebody to marry and I don't really want somebody that's going to be like sloshed going out for happy hours seven days a week. So these group shots, you know, keep them on Instagram or Facebook, but your dating profile is all about you. It's about you looking like that person that is so irresistible that someone is going to write to you because they want to get you off the market as quickly as possible. Exactly. And you know, you guys, it only takes 30 seconds to make a first impression. And now with, you know, Bumble and Tinder, it's way quicker. It's a swipe. And it's just like you said, you can always show those, you know, lifestyle shots and people, once a guy or a girl gets to know you, but upon first impression, you absolutely will look like a party girl. I actually, I'm working with a client right now and <clears throat> she's pretty private. 
um, because she's kind of like in the entertainment industry. And I said, okay, I'm not sure what's going on because she's not having success online. I said, just send me all your pictures. And it was like, instantly I knew what was the problem. She had exactly what we're talking about. She had all these pictures of her like outside with a bunch of guys with a beer in her hand, high-fiving with a baseball hat on. And, you know, it was just totally giving like friend zone party girl, you know, that was her image that she was portraying. So, so and if, guy, and if a guy wants to have a beer, he'll have a beer with a friend from work. He's not going to go online looking for a girl <laughs> to have a beer with. Exactly. Oh my God. So it's all, I mean, I hope everyone is getting this. It's all like what you want, right? So like, you know, the bikini shot, the beer in the hand, like if, if that's what you're after, then go for it. But most people, are, that's not what they're looking for. So, okay. So fill up the real estate. It's not a magazine. What would you say like a good third tip is? I would say that the, the good third tip would be ask a question. I always put a question in my profiles that I write for singles. And the reason I put in a question is because we're conditioned to answer the question, especially men. Men want to be the one to answer the question. They don't want to feel like they don't know the answer. They want to seem super smart and they're going to answer it. So mm -hmm. you, I ask, I have people um, that in our profile, sometimes we ask questions about Travel. Everybody loves to say they want to travel, but be really specific about it. I'm so tired of the cliches that I want to go on a beach walk. We all want to go on a beach walk. We mm -hmm. all want to watch a sunset with someone, but every profile says, I like beach walks and sunsets. So you need to be very specific and dump the cliches. And if you love travel, don't just say, I love travel. Be really specific about where you've been and where you want to go back to and then and list these places and then ask someone my favorite place let's just say all right i just came back from sedona just say i just mm -hmm. went on my first trip to sedona and obviously i'll put a picture up of it in my profile so people can reference it and i'll say have you ever been and people will write back i've been 10 times did you did you hike this trail did you hike that trail no but i've always wanted to go but it actually makes it more engaging and you take this you, you make a three-dimensional um, uh, experience out of something that is just not three-dimensional. It's like two-dimensional. It's like, here's my profile. This is what I like. What about you? And that doesn't say very much. But if you say, have you ever been? Someone's going to say they've been, where they've stayed, when they're going back. And the other one's going to say, I've never been, but your pictures are gorgeous. Now I'm inspired to go. Then you're engaging. And then you start to chit-chat back and forth. And then you put a date on the calendar. Oh my God. It's like music to my ears, Julie. I'm so happy you mentioned that because that, that's something, you know, obviously I teach offline and how to like, you know, really engage in conversation and connect on dates and it isn't any different online. And I think where people get lost online is that they end up in these like boring exchanges where they're like, hi, hi, how's your day? It's great. How's yours? Like there is nothing sexy, nothing fun. And that conversation is going to die. And so what you're saying is I love that because asking a question can lead to storytelling. It can lead to like a, a shared experience. And that's the art of flirting online too. I mean, we could, I, I should have you back because then we can talk about like flirting online, which is a whole oh. other skill, right? Oh, and I love that. Yeah. I call, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, I call it digital foreplay. Oh, I love, okay, just touch upon that, just to give everybody some foreplay here right. to, the next, to the next interview. To the next, all right, first of all, you said hi, how boring it is. Yeah, it is boring. What's worse than hi is hey, 
when people say hey, oh, hey. <laughs> it drives me nuts because horses yeah. hang out in day and hey, do you really want to date a horse? And so, okay. <laughs> so once you meet someone that you're interested in, and yes, it doesn't matter what the one, whether the woman or the man makes the first introduction email. It doesn't matter who sends it. It matters that it's being sent and the engage is starting. But basically, compliment someone about something that you saw in their profile that you liked. Yes. So, so just say, I really enjoyed reading your profile, seeing, seeing your profile, and wow, those photos in Sedona make me want to book a trip tomorrow. That's what I would say to me if someone saw my Sedona photo. <laughs> and it doesn't matter whether it's Sedona or a local hiking trail in your hometown. What matters is that you're out and about and you have an interesting life and that yeah. your profile looks different than everyone else's. You know what I tell people, and this is another like teaser, is because you know people can't tell people's inflection, especially if you don't know the person's, because there's no, like you can't hear their tonality when they talk. And so you have to create almost tonality online. And I love emoticons for that very reason, because I, I think you can have one sentence and an I am, and you add a little emoticon at the end, and it makes a world of difference. It really does. And the best, and the best um, emoticon or emoji that you could use, because everybody's using emojis on their keyboards. Oh, yeah. Um, is the one with the little smiley face you know, that's winking. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. so if you're flirting with somebody online and they've sent you some a question and you've written back to them, don't just answer it. Answer it with that cute little flirt because that just gets somebody, you know, all hot and going and like, wow, I've got to respond to this person who's flirting with me. It is the easiest way to flirt when you don't have any flirting skills. Yeah, no, that is the best. I love it. Okay. I, I just have one, this is, and this is just something like based on your experience, do you find there's like the number one turn on for men and women when it comes to like swiping, like they know that it just totally gets them. Have you seen well, a pattern? Um, you and I have talked about this before, but I think it's yeah. really good to bring up because I bring it up every time. And that is what you're wearing. And for women, I always recommend that they wear red or something red. bright. Yes. And, and all this research backs it up. You know, there's, yep. there's the University of Rochester research. There is so much research that backs up that men swipe right more often to women wearing red. And red is the color of love. Red is the color of passion. It's the color of the stop sign. So if somebody's right. driving, oh, I got to stop and take a look because it's a stop sign. There are so many, and red is the power, powerful color in the boardroom and in the bedroom. So I always say, ditch the little black dress, ladies. You can wear it on date three, four, or five. But when you first show up on a date, wear something red or hot pink or fuchsia and yes. definitely in your profiles. So I go through closets with people and I pull out anything red. <laughs> you go to my closet, everything's red. And, and if you notice, like you say, oh, I'm on TV a lot. I almost mm -hmm. always wear red on television. Mm -hmm. It's like your signature color. It's so you. I love that. But you know, and I just want to almost like a sidebar here because I work with a lot of women who aren't comfortable in red. And it's interesting, you know, if that's you, um, I would say kind of take a look at that for you. Because first of all, what I love about red too, just color wise, is that there's a shade of red for every skin tone. And that's rare because there's some colors that don't look good on every body. But red is that special shade. I mean, there's orange reds, there's blue reds, you know, so we got to figure out which one. But the other thing is, you know, thinking about what about 
being in red is difficult for you? You know, is it being seen? And a lot of times that's hard for women. Like they don't want to be out there. And so the best way to just practice being seen and embracing that is to wear red. And you know what? If it's not a red dress, then wear red lipstick or wear a red shoe. Like you can do traces of red. And I think, you know, just having some sort of element can be a, a showstopper. So that's great. Um, all right. And what about for men? I like, us? <laughs> I like men that are wearing blue. And again, there's so many different shades ah, of blue, just like the yes. shades of reds. You know, you've got royal mm-hmm. blue, you've got navy blue, you've got, you know, the pastel um, conservative looking preppy blue. I mean, there are some different color of blue. Lots of guys wear, you know, typical black or white <laughs> or gray. Yeah. And yeah. This is a chance for a guy's profile, as long as he's not wearing bright yellow, that's a real turnoff. But if he's wearing any kind of shade of blue (laughs) or or pink, um, because blue is sort of a soft love color for men, just like red is the powerful love color of women. That's why men go nuts when they see women in red lipstick, even though Mm -hmm. half the time they'd rather wear no makeup. There's just something seductive about a woman wearing lipstick red. And so for a guy, I recommend that you wear the color blue. If you can wear jeans, that's great. That's a really casual look. But if you can cross your arms and just look confident, women find confidence as sexy as men do. Yes. And for God's sakes, men, get rid of the pleated pants and the acid wash jeans and, and anything that's too big for you. Okay. I'm just going to end it here because if that's you and you haven't been shopping since 1990, like you definitely have to contact me because that is a turnoff. Like we, besides blue and you're so spot on because also blue is that magic color for men that, I mean, a lot of men look good in that. If you are not dressed well, that can actually cause a woman to pass you by. It's so true. So even down down to the shoes. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Don't get me started with the shoes and both actually both men and women look at shoes. It's fascinating. So, all right, Mr. I could talk to you forever, obviously. Um, what are any parting words of wisdom? I mean, you've had so many gold nuggets today, but anything else that you wanted to end with? Well, I touched on very briefly about women making the first move. And for many years, women, wouldn't do that because we're so conditioned that men need to ask the women out, men need to pay on the date, men need to do everything. You know, these men are kind of exhausted and they're tired of writing 100 emails, 50 emails and getting one to two responses. So women, we can thank Bumble for making it really center stage for women to be proactive and make the first move. And men love it because the reason they love it if you send the first message is, ah, she wrote to me first. That means when I write back, I'm going to hear from her again. They're Mm -hmm. really tired of writing into this, you know, sort of internet heaven place where nobody returns a message. And so women, it's okay to make the first move. That doesn't mean that you have to schedule every date and pay for every date or go Dutch treat or any of that. Just Mm -hmm. make the first move and give the guy the cue. You can even say, I'd be happy to talk to you on the phone if you send me your number and initiate that first phone call. And it's even okay to say, you know, I had a great time on the phone with you. Maybe someday we should get together and the guy's going to go, oh yeah, let's do it next week. So 
go ahead and help move it along for these slowpoke men sometimes. Sometimes they need to be a little kicked over the head. But again, that doesn't mean that you're going to be the male energy in the relationship. It just means that you're making it less exhausting for him and easier for him to want to be around someone who's easy to be around. Yes. And ladies, this is what I talk about all the time about sending smoke signals. They need sometimes those signals that you're interested and, you know, and you can do it and still be in your feminine. And I think that's what you're talking about too, Julie, is that you don't have to be this aggressive business woman and reach out in this kind of serious manner. Hi, I'm Kim. I'd really like to get to know you better. I'm available Monday at five if you want a phone call. No, no, no. <laughs> like you don't treat it like this transaction. It's, 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 there's a little bit of balance with it. And you're right. Like the, the roles are merging right now a little bit and we can still be in our feminine and send the smoke signals, drop the hanky online where we can still feel that femininity. But it does take a little bit of practice. And that's why I just like keep at it, doing all the tips that Julie said to start. And just remember, just going over the three tips, they were really good. It's not a magazine, change it up, fill up the real estate with good photos. And finally, ask a question. All right, Julie, where can everybody find you? You can find me at cyberdatingexpert.com uh, with a ton of free dating advice, and you can sign up for the free weekly flirt newsletter, and that's cyberdatingexpert.com. And on social media, we can chat up a storm together at Julie Spira on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Of course, Twitter. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's all over. You can't miss her, and you have to contact her. She Julie, you're the best. Thank you for joining me today. This has been the Charisma Quotient, and I'm your host, Kim Seltzer. And remember, you can build confidence, make connections, and find love from the outside in. And make sure it's coming up, ladies. I have that dating makeover retreat coming, the ultimate sexy reboot. It's a three-day weekend, and you're going to learn everything from finding love to how to connect to upping your style and really putting all this to the test. So make sure that you reach out and just contact me. Stay tuned until next week, and we will have more tips on how to feel and look fabulous every day. <laughs>